Super Bowl coverage begins right now. Out to the KDUS hotline we go. We're now joined in the sports zone by Mike Tanier, who uh, you can follow at Mike Tanier on X. And Mike, good to have you on the show. And let, let's start with the uh, with the Chiefs here. They staggered through the regular season before they've obviously now beaten the Dolphins, Bills, and Ravens. Uh, what have the Chiefs done better during their uh, you know seemingly now annual playoff run? At least these last three weeks, what have they done better? I think for most of the season, they were kidding themselves into thinking that Kadarius Tony and Richie James and Sky Moore and Nicole Hardman <laughs> were going to be significant parts of their offense and that they should keep trying to get these guys involved and throwing to them deep and running reverses and end-arounds to them and things like that. And they gave up on that. They, they realized these guys, at the most, you give them like one play per game to, to mix things up, and everything has to go through Kelsey Rasheed Rice, the rookie receiver who like uh, kind of improved as the season went on, and Isaiah Pacheco. So they're not trying to like you know outsmart and be out uh, outfox everybody with all these different weapons anymore, and all these guys dropping passes. They've got three guys that Mahomes can turn to. They're focusing on them. They're riding with them, and they're letting their defense pick up the slack when the offense can't necessarily do the things it did two three years ago. You know, I just heard a thing on uh, you know NFL Network a few minutes ago. I don't have time to back this up with facts, so I assume they're correct. They've run a whole lot more two and three tight end sets in these last three games. Have you yeah. noticed that at the time? They have. They've been using the runoff of it. They've been using the pass off of it. It's not like they're throwing the ball to Blake Bell a lot, but they're using this to put the defense in a little bit more of a bind. The defense assumes run, and it creates more of an opportunity to throw the slant to Rice, for example, or, or to kind of hide where Kelsey is so he gets open because he was like the middle tight end of three tight ends or something to that effect. So that is one of the wrinkles they're doing. But I think the main thing it does, it increases the pass protection for Mahomes and it creates run opportunities for Pacheco for these defenses to not be able to say, oh, we can kind of spread out and, and, and kind of focus on putting two or three guys on Kelsey. Speaking of the pass protection and running the ball, you know Joe Tooney didn't play the last game against Baltimore. It doesn't seem like, at least from what we heard last week, he's going to be healthy enough to return this week. Does his absence make a difference against the uh, 49ers defense in that matchup that you're looking at there? I think it has, has the potential to do so, and it's one of those things that kind of works in the background. You know, you know, nothing in the Super Bowl is in the background. You know, Most of the season, a guard will get hurt and no one will know that the guard got hurt unless maybe he was Zach Martin or one of the, the two famous guards in the whole NFL. And this is not <laughs> under the radar, but you have but you have a San Francisco 49ers interior defense that has several guys that can kind of get at you, that can penetrate up the middle, guys like Eric Armstead uh, that can come at you from that angle. So this is, this is a factor. Now that said, the rest of the Kansas City offensive line has been pretty solid. I think the young man's name is Algieri who comes in. Uh, he, he's a veteran. So it's not uh, Allegretti, excuse me. So it's not a disaster, but it is something to keep an eye on when the game's uh, going on. Okay, sticking with the Niners' defense, uh, that group has struggled against the run in the playoff wins against the Packers and the Lions. How's that run defense match up against the Chiefs and Pacheco? This is an area that the Chiefs have the potential to exploit. You saw that the 49ers' defense was getting out physical. Uh, in the running game, they were just getting pushed backwards. And you know, you mentioned I mentioned I didn't mention Javon Hargrave. He's a guy who's a great pass rusher. If he's on the field and it's a running play, he's trying to penetrate a gap. He can get knocked aside. You've got guys like Chase Young who hasn't been playing particularly well, big name 
They try to put him out there as a rotation. He doesn't play the run very well. You can exploit this. You can get after this. And that's one of the things the Chiefs have done well in the last, let's say, three, four, five weeks, certainly the playoffs. They've committed to the run a little bit more. I've been watching Andy Reid for 25 years. He don't like to commit to the run. He wants to throw, throw, throw. You've got Patrick Mahomes, throw, <laughs> throw, throw. You can get in that two tight end, get that three tight end. You can run the ball. You can get a physical advantage on this Niners defense. Mike Tanier previewing uh, Super Bowl 58 currently in the sports zone. Okay, you mentioned Andy Reid. Uh, what do you think concerns him most about him matching up against the 49ers defense? Well, I think it really does boil down to the idea that you don't have a number two, number three receiver that you can really count on. Your number two running back is Clyde Edwards-Solaire, who's never been the guy you wanted him to be. We might get McKinnon back. McKinnon has played well in the playoffs in the past. That could be a plus. You don't have the arsenal at your disposal that you thought you had this season or that you had four years ago when you beat this team. We had Tyreek Hill out there and he and, and uh, you know, players like that. So uh, Andy's got to focus on the idea that this pass rush can get to him those linebackers can cut off a lot of the things that the Chiefs want to do over the middle of the field, especially with Kelsey, and he's got to find a way to manufacture that offense and maybe funnel more of it through Rice or maybe through Marquez Valdez-Scantling than he really wants to. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned McKinnon. I mean, he's been a really valuable piece for them in their playoff runs the last few years and have actually kind of saved him to be healthy at the end of the season. Well, unfortunately, got held, uh, hurt towards the end of the season, but he's expected to be back. Any idea yeah. early? Maybe we can find out this week, I guess. I'm sure it'll be a popular question at some point. How much can we actually expect from him in the Super Bowl? Oh, I have no idea, and that will unfold as the week goes on. But, you know, I think you want him out there on passing downs or you want him out there on downs where it can go either way, pass or run, that you can get a guy in the flat who has a little more quickness than Pacheco. Also, has a little more experience. If you've got a guy who can say, oh, I can run option routes, you know, I can go left, go right based on what I see from the mm-hmm. defense. Pacheco can do that, but he's not like, you know, an eight-year vet like McKinnon doing that. Those are the things they want from him. I don't know if they'll get them, but I think he is a plus over Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, again, who's supposed to be that guy, does play that role, you know, can catch the ball and gain a couple of yards, isn't doing what I think that the Chiefs want to do from their number two back. Okay, so let's flip this to the other side. We have the Chiefs' defense against the 49ers' offense. What stands out to you in that matchup? Uh, it's very hard to stop the yak potential of the 49ers' defense. and I, I don't know how well the Chiefs' defense stacks up against Debo Samuel, George Kittle, uh, Christian McCaffrey, Brandon Ayuk. It's the same problem every time when you start saying, who covers who? Or if you say, we're going to sit in zone and that's how we're going to solve this, how do we make sure that a guy gets tackled, he's tackled? And the Chiefs are pretty good defense this year. It's not what they were two years ago. But they want to be in nickel and dime. They want to blitz a lot. When they're rushing four, they don't want to rush their four down linemen. They want to rush you know, a safety, two down linemen, and like a cornerback, and then have guys dropping the coverage. How does that translate against a team that can run the ball very well and can confound you by like being in a run formation and passing? So it's a tricky matchup for the Kansas City Chiefs defense because they don't necessarily – do what they want to do. They can't do that effectively against the 49ers. Yeah, the Chiefs defense, obviously, this is the best defense, at least statistically, they've had during the Super Bowl run. Their secondary, their young secondary has really improved. What has impressed you the most about that improvement for the young secondary? Well, let's start with how well Trent McDuffie has really rose up over the course of just a couple seasons into being one of the best 
cornerbacks in the NFL, he shuts down your number one guy. So you could probably look at this and say, hey, Brandon Ayuk, we got a solution for this right now. McDuffie can shadow him, et cetera, et cetera. You know, I had a chance last year to interview some of these other young men, to interview Joshua Williams and Jalen Watson, and they've been playing pretty well. They played lights out last year in the playoffs, and they've been coming around. So the Chiefs are built that if they're going nickel, they're going dime, and you're down by two touchdowns, uh, they're going to shut you down. They can match up against like a spread offense, wide receivers, et cetera, keep you from playing catch-up, get you the pass rush, use those exotic blitzes, et cetera. That's been impressive. Again, I don't know what happens if they're facing a team that's like, okay, we've got a fullback, we've got a tight end, we've got Christian McCaffrey and Debo Samuel who play like five positions at once. You can't necessarily guarantee we're going to spread the field and, and make things easy for those young cornerbacks. Okay, Brock Purdy. Uh, he's actually a local <laughs> Valley product here. Uh, a lot of opinion yeah. about Brock Purdy. W- yeah. What is your opinion of Brock Purdy? <laughs> I think if Brock Purdy is 10% better than Jimmy Garoppolo, he can win the Super Bowl for the San Francisco 49ers. And I am 100% certain that Brock Purdy is 10% at least better than Jimmy Garoppolo. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to get too far beyond this because, again, you're looking at a young man who's had a phenomenal season, uh, you know, sort of came from nowhere. We're still sort of evaluating him. Most people know, yeah, this is the ideal circumstance for a quarterback where you can throw a screen to McCaffrey or Debo and get 20 yards out of it. We know that the circumstances are exceptional. He's performed exceptionally within the circumstances. I'll wait for the future and the legacy and the $200 million contract for next week, the week after, or the year after that. For now, he can be better than Jimmy Garoppolo. He's been better than Jimmy Garoppolo this year. That means he's good enough to take the 49ers to that next step. Yeah, long-time or short-time listeners of this program realize there are a few people who think less of Jimmy Garoppolo as a quarterback than me. So I'm with, I'm with you on that. Okay. <laughs> Talking Super Bowl 58 with Mike Tanier. Okay, what matchup in this game, either side of the ball or even special teams, uh, intrigues you that, uh, that we haven't talked about here yet? I want to see how the interior of the offensive line of the San Francisco 49ers handles Chris Jones. Interior offensive line is kind of a weak spot for the 49ers. 49ers don't have any really weak, weak spot, but it's a less strong spot, certainly in the middle. Chris Jones is a disruptor in the middle. He can cause problems. If you can cause problems up the middle, you can make Purdy run. Purdy has shown that he can run, but it's still not necessarily what Kyle Shanahan wants him to do a lot. So I want to see how they block Chris Jones and if they can block uh, Chris Jones in the middle of that line. Okay. I I fully understand it's Monday. Uh, Do you have a a prediction for the game or at least an early lean? I have an early lean that if I can get, you know, two points and Patrick Mahomes, you know, Patrick Mahomes plus two or Patrick Mahomes with a money line that's positive, I take it. With all respect to the 49ers and what they've done, I have to go that way. I'm also leaning under – and I'm looking at something along the lines of, let's say, Chiefs 24, uh, 49ers 19, something in that range. All right. Uh, away from the Super Bowl, the coaching carousel, the head coaching carousel, eight new head coaches, or that's now complete, uh, assuming nobody does anything crazy here in the next, or maybe non-crazy, or does something uh, between now and whenever. Uh, what did you like about the uh, you know, coaching hirings? And, uh, you know, it was maybe there were a couple of moves that to have you left, uh, you're left scratching your head. Let's put it that way. <laughs> well, I like uh, Jim Harbaugh coming in for uh, Los Angeles. When you consider where the Chargers have been as an organization, which means that, 
they're rarely relevant. Like, no matter what they do, they're just not relevant. Harbaugh at least can come in and say, we are heading in a direction. We are, we are sparing no expense. We're going to do this. I think that was good for the Chargers. I, I like the promotion of Jared Mayo for the Patriots, even though I'm worried about, you know, the sort of we go from Belichick to diet Belichick thing. I, he seems like he's more energetic. He seems like he's willing to make some of the changes he needs to make there. And I like the promotion of Antonio Pierce in Las Vegas. I think this is a team that had to stop trying to hit those home runs. And that's to say, let's let a, you know, a young defensive coordinator come in. Let's build a general manager and a front office around him. And let's not do the Gruden thing, the McDaniel thing, the whatever else they were going to do. I like those. You know, some of these more recent hires, you know, it's just like you grab the coordinator. And, and sometimes that's the best hire. Like, we just grab the coordinator, and he's going to help us rebuild. You know, the, the Titans bringing in Callahan, and he's going to work with that general manager there, or, or, or the commanders bringing in Quinn. But when, it, when those moves don't work out two or three years later, you look at it and say, well, what, what did you even see in that guy? So, so I, you know, right now they don't look splashy, but I always wait and see. Let's look who the, who the coordinators are. Let's look at how they start their process in free agency and see if this, uh, this unheralded coordinator has more vision than we thought he might have. Going back to Harbaugh with the Chargers, uh, does he unleash Justin Herbert or is it ground Harbaugh? I don't think it's going to be ground Harbaugh. You know, I was watching a lot of um, Michigan tape over the last couple of weeks. I was like, oh, yeah, it's, it's still ground Harbaugh. <laughs> it really is. He's bringing Greg Roman, which has uh, raised some eyebrows. Greg Roman loves like his sort of mobile quarterback, option-y type stuff, but I think he's a little more um, uh, diverse than that. But question about Justin Herbert aside, they have to look at the salary cap with the Chargers. They're about $48 million over the cap. A lot of the guys that are over the cap as a result of are in their 30s. They're guys who've been there for a long time, guys like Keenan Allen, guys like Austin Eckler, guys like Joey Bosa, who I don't think is 30 yet, but has like a lot of hard mileage on him. He's hurt every single year. They're going to have to make some cuts before they move forward. They, they can't just go out there and say, here you go, Harbaugh, here's a team around you. There's no team around him right now. And so Harbaugh's going to have to work cut, work cut out for him in the shorthand, cleaning up the salary cap, maybe letting some well-known veterans go, and trying to figure out what this team's going to be look like look like in a year or two. Okay, last up, Cliff Kingsbury uh, was hired as, uh, I guess, officially as the uh, commander's new offensive coordinator today. Is he at least a good offensive coordinator? We obviously saw him as a head him as a, here as a head coach, and that didn't work out great. But is he a good offensive coordinator? You guys saw the, the game plans every week, and I, I think Cardinals fans, you remember, like when you first saw the game plans, you're like, wow, look at all these different formations. Look at all this stuff he throws at it. And it looked really cool. And then after a couple of weeks, it's like, you know, we're not fooling anybody. We're fooling ourselves. You know, all these wrinkles and things like that translate into the, the defense is just sitting back and waiting for us, or they're picking on the injuries of the offensive line, and there's no, like, hang your hat on it, this type of place. I, I'm not impressed by Kingsbury as a play caller, as a game planner. I think he's sort of a second-tier uh, air raid offense guy who kind of got it secondhand and has been – you know, sort of milking his, you know, Patrick Mahomes connections and Sean McVay connections. I'm rather pessimistic about that hire for the Washington Commanders. Okay, Mike, uh, Mike Tanier on X. What can people expect uh, to get from you this week? Well, you can follow me at Mike Tanier on Threads. You can follow me at Mike Tanier on X. And I'm a little bit between jobs right now because the messenger went out of business last week. I have a little bit of bad luck in the employment department, but I will be launching a Substack. It's called Mike Tanier's too deep zone t-o-o deep zone and it, it's live and it launches officially at the end of the week so you can look for me there 
All right, Mike, always a pleasure. Thanks a lot. Have fun this week. You too. Take care. Enjoy your week. You too. Have fun forever, actually. Uh, Mike Tenier of, uh, you know, on X now. So uh, check that out and uh, 